This is Open to Hope Radio, featuring Dr. Gloria Horsley and her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley, coming to you on behalf of the Open to Hope Foundation, dedicated to those who are looking for hope after loss. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show in partnership with the Compassionate Friends. I'm your host, Dr. Heidi Horsley, and I'm here today with my co-host and mom, Dr. Gloria Horsley. Hi, Mom. Hi, Heidi. Well, we've got quite a show today because uh, we've got a wonderful person who has lost, uh, you know, a lot of family members and has written actually a how-to manual to help uh, help people who've had a loss because uh, when you've had a lot of losses, there are a lot of things that go on that you don't know how to deal with. So I'm loving this. It's a, a little different take on things, isn't it, Heidi? Absolutely. I'm I'm looking forward to getting some advice and some information on the do's and don'ts of helping someone after a loss. And like you said, Mom, we're going to talk today about helping loved ones after a death. And we are going to we are going to uh, interview Carla Vagnini. Carla Vagnini helped four family members after significant losses. Without a guide or how-to manual available to know where to begin, she knew her book could help the ones left behind as they start dealing with everything that comes after death. She is the author of For the Ones Left Behind, A Guide for Helping Loved Ones After a Death. Welcome to the show, Carla. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. It's, it's great to have you on, and I'm, I'm so fascinated that you would write a book. Did you keep notes? or uh, I know you had to uh, tell us all the family members that you had pass away. Um, the, the first loss that my... Um, family experience was my sister's husband, Rick, in uh, 1997, and he was early 40s, um, and he had been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And the second loss was my father-in-law, Dino, and um, he passed away in 2004 suddenly. And then uh, my mother's husband, Jerry, passed away in 2012. And um, that had been after a long illness. And then my father's wife had passed away in 2014, again, after a long illness. Okay, so, the- so you actually had two, your, your mother and dad were divorced, and they were remarried for many years, right? So you Correct. had two step-parents die. I mean, it, that's a, you know, when you think about these blended families, uh, that's a lot of people, very intimate. Yeah, I, I'm looking at her losses, Mom. Number one was the br- a brother-in-law. Just to recap, number two was the father-in-law, number three was a stepfather, and number four was a stepmother. Like you said, that's a lot of family members to lose. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Yeah. So did you did you take notes or what? How did, and when did you decide that you needed to write a book, a guide for helping loved ones after the death? Um, well, when my sister's husband uh, was diagnosed, um, and he had his first surgery, and then he uh, his cancer came back, and she knew that at that point there wasn't much more that they could do. Uh, we had planned to go down and visit with them before, because like, she was trying to get all the family members to come and visit. Cause she was in Texas, and we were living in Connecticut at the time. And um, everything just kind of progressed a little bit quicker than they had thought. And I asked, I had already bought my tickets, and I asked her when, if she wanted me to 
change my airline ticket to come sooner, and she asked me to come after. And that was really my first experience with helping uh, my sister after she lost her husband. Mm -hmm. And you go into it just being there, you know, for your family and, and to support them, but you really don't know everything that you have to do and all the phone calls and the, and the different things to help her with and her son um, after she had her loss. And then um, the probably the most impactful uh, uh, was my father-in-law when he passed away very suddenly when he was 62, which next Tuesday will be uh, 13 years. Um, but after uh, Dino passed away, um, there was just so much stuff that we went through, my husband and my brother-in-law and myself, to help her through the whole process from the funeral to the obituaries to dealing with probate court to helping her with all of the utilities and, you know, every everything that you don't even think about. And then after that point, I had said, all right, I want to write a book because there's so much stuff that you have to go through and there's really nothing out there. And then most recently, my father's, my stepmother Kay passed away and um, I had been, we had been, my husband and I had been back and forth to visit with him and his wife in Alabama. And uh, after she had passed away, uh, my father was just devastated, devastated. He was her caregiver. I think um, there was just a lot going on, and he was just at a complete loss. And, you know, I have a very, very close relationship with my father, and I said, don't worry, we'll be there to help you. And so the list came about because I'm a list person by nature. That's, I'm, I like to, I, I see the check and balance and the completion of the whole process. So what happened was with my father, we went through and we documented everything we did. We documented every phone call, who we spoke to, what instructions they gave us, what we needed to do to to file the claim or notif- provide notification of, of her death. And it basically became the foundation for for the book. My my spiral bound notebook was because told the story. Yeah, because not only well, I'm just thinking of all the people can help the person who's had a loss. I know when my dad died, uh, my mother's affairs were pretty much in chaos. We actually ended up going to a a congressman because he was a um, United States Marshal of Utah, and we had to deal with his retirement. I mean, there are all sorts of really weird strange things that you don't know you're you're going to get involved in and the poor grieving people are you know they're confused so i'm thinking of not only the 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 person who's had the loss but also the family members what they can do which you've got it for that and also i'm sure you can avoid a lot of family arguments also if it's clear I absolutely agree with you and um you know there were even i knew i was my father's trustee but I didn't know I was his power of attorney, and he didn't recall having a will or health care directives. And I have had to go through um, all of those documents as we helped him get all of these affairs in order. And, you know, my, my thing is 
having conversations now with him and being his trustee, and I will honor his wishes. But it's also a conversation a lot of people aren't comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So it's he, he's been a trooper. Um, he was in the military. Uh, he's a retired lieutenant colonel wow. um, from the Army. And, you know, I, I recall one of my coworker friends, her father was being buried at Arlington, and I, I just had talked to her, and, you know, she said, your dad is eligible to be buried at Arlington. And what an honor um, at any national cemetery, but, but what an honor. And so mm-hmm. I asked him about it. And at that time, when I had the conversation with him, his wife was still alive, and she was not happy or pleased at all that I was having a conversation about helping him plan where he wants to be buried because she just wasn't comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, but having it's a hard book, have, I think having a book or the checklist can overcome that. I mean, it becomes almost a little more business, business-like, so people couldn't uh, argue with you that much about it. I like that idea, don't you, Heidi? I do, because you could kind of refer to the book and say, you know, I'm trying, I've got this book that's guiding me. Um, and I love the idea of, of uh, being able to honor his wishes, you know, bef- before he even dies and figure out, does he want to be buried ar- at Arlington, et cetera? That's such a great question to ask somebody. And a huge honor, like you said. Um, Absolutely. One of Nothing the, like a military I'm funeral. Sorry. My dad had one there. Awesome. Yeah, my, my son graduates, by the way, from Fort Benning on Thursday. Oh, congratulations. Yes, yeah, so I have a, a new uh, appreciation for being a lieutenant colonel and all that the the sacrifices made to, to be a lieutenant colonel. Yeah. So give us a couple of uh, really areas that you see that families are, um, I, I don't know what I want to say, treacherous areas or whatever, things that are most confusing for families that they really need to to uh, think about. The um, One of the, my father and his wife had um, finance. Anytime you're dealing with money, I think it's one of those, areas that you have to be very mindful of and he they had separate accounts and what I was tasked what I did with dad was help him go through and understand what her assets were at the time that she passed away and also to help him consolidate accounts but also account for um, those monies because based on the way the trust is written it's divided into two shares. Um, so, the, and the one share, the half of the shares were for her sons, and the other half of the shares were for my my three sisters and myself. And so, understanding the money and um, what's required um, for notification of financial institutions, or even insurance uh, filing for insurance claims, um, just updating all of the records and beneficiaries. I can't tell you how many times I've heard of, I work for, uh, in civil service. I've been with the government for 25 years. And there are folks that we've heard of that have since remarried, but had never updated their beneficiaries. And then they passed away. I I know someone right now that's dealing with this. It's just been a really, it's been a nightmare. It's been an incredible amount of work. And also, the the emotional issues around money are Mm -hmm. are huge. Yeah. 
and that's why I was very mindful to help get get a good accounting for everything. And then we also had that um, rather than helping him ourselves with financial investing, because uh, that's one of the things he wanted us to do. We have a, he has a financial manager, so I didn't want that appearance to be that we were doing anything that would benefit us. It, everything is my father's wishes. It's he's providing those instructions to his financial manager. Um, it, everything is for him in his retirement. So, do you, did you put anything in the book about what to do with stuff? How to how to make a decision? What happens to grandma's rocking chair or whatever? You know, we haven't done uh, that. Was actually a blank page in my father's will, along with his health care decisions for directives. Uh-huh. So we addressed the healthcare directive decisions, but I haven't uh, had the conversation about what do you want to do with um, your jewelry or, or the items that you have. Um, we he downsized significantly from moving from Alabama to here in Virginia, and so he his items he has right now I I think. Many things he's still even telling us, you know, just donate this or I want um, if one of your sisters wants it, just, you know, have them come up and get it. Um, He's been very, um, very, very flexible. Um, But speaking of downsizing, that's also very hard for somebody, too, who's been in a home for 20, 30 years and understanding what do I do with all my stuff and what do I need your book is not too long. How is uh, it, It's fairly short, isn't it? It's um, 80 pages front to back, including yeah, I dedication. I love that because and, you don't need yeah. a whole poem on it. You need, you really, it, and it sounds like it's really like this is step, step, step. What's the first thing in your book that you talk about? Um, I, I give my experiences with my uh, helping my sister, mother-in-law, my mother, my father, and uh, talking about um, the communication with my job, um, making them aware of what was going on. Um, I talk about um, getting to how do you how do you get to a location if you can't drive, and if it's sudden. Uh, for example, um, they used to have something called bereavement fairs, where if somebody passed away, mm-hmm. there was a reduced airline ticket. And I don't know that, I don't think they have that anymore, but I really talk about recommendations on if you have to travel to fly to get somewhere. Um, Also, um, things are recommendations to do once you get there, because sometimes it's not best to just, you know, jump in and start, um, start dealing with the affairs. For example, my sister just needed to sleep. But after they're ready, then there's some pretty standard information that when you start making phone calls that you will be asked by almost everybody, and that would be the name of the deceased, uh, date of birth, uh, date of passing, their Social Security. Um, so you need to have that information ready when you start making the phone call. Um, wow. I, I just think this book's got to be a must for funeral homes and hospices mm-hmm. and, you know, and amazing. I mean, it's kind of like uh, we used to have the Emily Post and the Manners book. Everybody in the United States had one in their shelf. And I, I'm just thinking that um, 
your book for the ones left behind, a guide for helping loved ones after death, should be one you've got it's, sitting in your house. Exactly. Aren't you it's, thinking it's, that, Heidi? I'm thinking it's like the nuts and bolts of it because it's not about feelings as much as about the practicality of the, the, the issues, that you, the business you have to take care of after somebody dies. There's a lot of business that needs to be taken care of when people aren't in those spaces because you're in such an emotional place, you're not in a headspace. So to be able to refer to this book and say, okay, I need to get the passport, the Social Security card, the birth certificate in front of me before I make these calls. Those things, you're not thinking at the, at, like that. So I love that you have the book, like you said, Mom, to refer to. Mm-hmm. It's a, It's great. Um, Thank you. And like you said, also, Carla, you know, what your sister-in-law, I mean, what your sister needed at the beginning was to sleep. And so also to let people know, okay, sometimes initially people need to sleep and there's nothing wrong with that before they can start taking care of business. Exactly. And when I wrote the book, I had talked to all the family members who, who are in there. And I told her when she read it, she said, I didn't have a fish tank. And they said, yes, Susan, you did. You had, And your fish tank was cloudy. Mm. They said, I just didn't want to find anything floating in there. And so, um, you know, it was, we laugh about that now. But, you know, he was, she had a hospice bed in, in her front room, you know, house cleaning and, you know, taking care of, of all the bills and all, all of all of the other day-to-day stuff was not her priority. It was right. taking care of her husband. Which... So I, at every, every person in my family that I've helped, um, that it involves house cleaning, it involves cooking meals, it involves doing things that they, they, they don't need to think about right now. They, they're right. grieving. You know, if I can provide some help in any way to help them uh, through this loss and lessen that stress, and, and pain that they're going through. Um, that, that's that's why I wrote the book. It's just such an awful time in anybody's life. And and my hopes are that that as I'm reaching out to the hospice organizations and the and the hospitals and the churches and the um, any any of those service providers um, uh, here locally that provide assistance to survivors. Um, that hopefully it's it's like yourself, you know, they find it a valuable resource and they'll make it available to to those that they provide those services to. Now, how, how can people get your book? I'm available on Amazon. Um, we Believe it or not, we actually have a Carla Vagni, same spelling in our family. Um, so that's why I'm, it's Carla J. Vagnini on Amazon. Um and um, if That's you're in the local B-A-G-E. area here in Northern Virginia, spell your, spell your um, last name, Carla. I sell copies personally. Can you spell your last name for us? V is in Victor, A as in Apple, G as in Girl, N, Nancy, I, N, I, Bagnini. Great. And you're one of our Open to Hope writers. And you know what? I am hoping that you will write some articles uh, for us connected with this on what people can do because, um, you know, the baby boomers are the ones that are coming to our site now, and you think of their parents dying, that, um, you know, they need some information on uh, what what to do and, and ideas on that. Um, do, do you talk anything about um, family issues? Family issues, 
connected um, with the, you know any arguments or discussion or you did say um, that one thing that I'm somebody sorry, didn't want to talk to your dad your mother-in-law didn't want you to talk to your your stepmother-in-law didn't want you to talk to your dad about Arlington so there are those things that come up um thankfully we haven't had that uh come up um with neither um neither of my sisters or neither of uh, my um my stepbrothers um so they've really they know that it's i i took the responsibility and my husband when dad said he wanted to move up here to northern virginia and so they they are they they talk with him everybody is throughout the united states and so you know we they're basically relying on us mm-hmm. to manage all of dad's care and take care of his needs so they they've been very very pleased that they haven't been involved in some of the day-to-day things and doctors appointments mm-hmm. but um you know if they they did offer to help if we needed it too well on that note, Carla, we're gonna we're, we need to end the show. So I want to thank you so much for being a guest today um, on Open to Hope, and please get Carla's book for the ones left behind: a guide for helping loved ones after a death. Thank you, Carla. Thank, thank you. you, Carla. And for all of you out there, we always say: if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you found your own. You've been listening to Open to Hope Radio, hosted by Drs. Gloria and Heidi Horsley. Like today's edition, all of our past programs are available on demand at opentohope.com, along with helpful articles, videos, resources, and links to help get you through the toughest time of your life. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter and sign up for our monthly newsletter. Again, that's opentohope.com. Check it out today. Then be sure to stop by next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time when we'll be posting another edition of Open to Hope Radio. Remember, others have been where you are. They made it through, and you can too, as long as you're open to hope.